Chapter Two of Riolaro, The Archipelago of Exiles by Godfrey Swevin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Riolaro. Such was the name that one group of islands gave to this mystic region of the sea, and it meant the Ring of Mist. A sense of awe fell on me as I listened to the chorus. Whither was I dragging these young spirits with me? What would be the end of our expedition? Would we ever come forth alive from this misty sphere? It held within it, I felt, some of the most momentous secrets of existence. But whether these would be baneful or gracious, no one could tell. It was only after I had felt everything ready for my venture that I became tremulous as to the result. The energy of my nature, that had been absorbed in definite search for knowledge and definite preparation, was now set free for brooding, and I passed daily in thought from hope to despair, from despair to hope. All the delight and outlook was now lost in the uncertainty the few shreds of fact that i had been able to pick out of hint and tradition and religious fear seemed in the immediate presence of the mystery to be ridiculous and inadequate for any definite step i became the prey of trepidation and self-upbraiding dreams of failure and disaster haunted me day and night i thought over the stories of ulysses and aeneas of orpheus and dante as the prototypes of our enterprise they had returned from the lower world might not we too return from this nebulous hades but alas no consolation came from such tales they were but the shadows of dreams whilst we were about to face an impossible geographical problem in the midst of a sceptical scientific generation how could I close my eyes to the insane hardihood of our venture? Before I could recover from the translucent despotism of such thoughts, this sphinx of mist stared at me in the face, and no retreat was left for us. Long and silent meditations and pacings of the deck had left me exhausted, and one breathless and moonless night I sank into a profound sleep that fettered me down long after sunrise. My officers could not waken me, and it was only at last sheer necessity that drove them to rouse me by main force. I stared about me dazed, but one word from them, Riolaro, set every nerve a-quiver. I rushed on deck and saw close on us a mist that blurred the whole eastern side of the sky. I stopped the engines and then reversed them, but on came the mist, on flew the ship into it. I looked over the bulwarks and saw that we were borne along by a current like a mill-race. My men stared blankly at me. The engines had little effect in stemming the force of the water, and before we could think what to do the fog had closed upon us, and we could not see above a ship's length in any direction. Away we rushed, whither we knew not, for the compass spun wildly back and forth on its pivot. Every piece of iron on the ship seemed to be turned into a magnet, and what was worse, my signals to the engine-room were unheeded, and on looking down we found the engineers lying stiff upon its floor. I sent two down to take their place, and as soon as they had stopped the engines, 
they too succumbed and fell into a trance even the man at the wheel felt drowsy and incapable only violent self-control and movement resisting the somnolence that seemed to creep over him i remembered that the house in which he stood was iron and that around there was more iron than anywhere else on the ship except in the engine-room i determined to husband my crew till i had understood our position and was ready for a supreme effort at escape amazement passed into terror as there swept out of the mist and slowly passed us an old spanish caravel with rotting sails and yards and shrivelled mummies in antique spanish costume lying on the poop and at various points of the deck in the attitude of sleep we could have almost leapt on board this ship of death so close was it to us the horror paralyzed us and out of sight it vanished taking giant proportions to it in the mist not many yards behind it moved another apparition of the past a canoe with mummified natives fallen at the oar as in a trance and still another in the ghostly funeral train a melee proa with motionless crew that seemed just fallen asleep loomed spectral in our rear was this awful procession never to cease were we to fall into its line and sail on for ages the last apparition was right in our wake and had it moved near to us would have struck us on the stern but it swept on after a brief interval aft and then i had time to think that it was the impulse of the reversed engines that had thus brought us within sight of three different craft in this ghastly pageant the native superstition that nests in every seafarer's heart began to leaven my crew and master even their courage and their loyalty to me a curse seemed to rest on all that were drawn into this mist bearing current whither it was to take us and what would be our fate weighed heavily on my own mind a drowsy feeling crept over me as i stood and meditated only when i moved about could i drive off the lethargy if once we went to sleep there was clearly no awakening action was needed and yet how to act was a puzzle in which direction to steer we knew not out of my reverie was i startled by a new and appalling danger there rose gigantic out of the mist upon our starboard bow a great ship as still and silent as the reef into which it was wedged my men rushed with a wild cry to the bulwarks to fend off our yacht but we grazed past her unhurt and on her decks we saw the forms of english sailors stretched in sleep at least if not in death the sight dispelled the creeping torpor from our minds i saw that swift action must be taken i sent a volunteer down into the engine-room and before the iron drowse came over him he managed to fasten two ropes that we let down from the skylights in such a way that we could start or stop the engines from the deck we must get steering way upon the ship in order to avoid these reefs and their wrecks we moved gently ahead and passed along the ghostly procession every generation for centuries past every seafaring race upon the earth seemed to contribute one ship of death or more to this long funeral train ghastly lay their crew sometimes shriveled by long ages of rest often seeming to have just fallen asleep my newly stirred thought now grasped the meaning of this sepulchral pageant 
the movement of these hurrying graves must be in a circle round some centre that lay on the starboard round and round they had wheeled for years many of them for centuries if i were to fulfil the purpose of my voyage our way lay to the right for from the larboard side we had been sucked into this whirlpool i took the wheel myself and steered the ship across the floating funeral train once we grazed the bow of an east indiaman again we cut into a war canoe of the islanders out of the mist they swept appallingly upon us nor could we pause to see what became of the shattered craft a half an hour and we sailed in freer waters for several minutes not one circling apparition loomed through the mist the set of the current grew less impetuous and the fog seemed to rarefy before long a luminous warmth mingled with the nebulous atmosphere we could see denser masses move and break above us but at last a corona of light shone hazily through the gloom our hearts leapt within us and yet we repressed the cry of joy that rose spontaneously to our lips for we might only be passing across from one circle of eclipse to another the glimmer of light grew into intermittent gleams and then broke into the resplendence of full day the repressed cheer burst forth at the sight and our comrades stirred in their trance at the sound they rubbed their eyes and awoke they marvelled at our jubilance and thought that we had fainted but the minute before it had been an hour or so after daybreak that we entered the circle of death and now the sun was westering towards its set the long hours of fast and terror and anxious thought had exhausted those of us who had been awake and after instructions to those who had but risen from sleep to stop the ship and watch we succumbed to our fatigue we lay inert for almost twenty-four hours and our comrades after stopping the engines had again fallen into their trance it was more than mere exhaustion that held us so imprisoned in unconsciousness it was the magnetic power of the ring of mist through which we had passed i learned afterwards the causes of this strange phenomenon though for years it remained a mystery to me thousands of ages before a submerged continent had left an irregular oval like a broken ring close to the surface of the water and this annular reef consisted chiefly of magnetic iron molten from the adjacent rocks by the heat of the great central volcano that formed the nucleus of the gigantic atoll on this adamantine ellipse the coral insects had raised their lace-like ridge upon the north and south sides of it respectively two great currents impinged one from the tropics and one from the antarctic regions the warmer rush of waters was bent round the eastern side of the circular wall of iron the colder broke round the western side and instead of losing all their impetus or neutralizing each other they ran parallel most of their watery orbit before they mingled and this continuous proximity of hot and cold generated the circle of steam that sealed the waters of this mighty unknown atoll into the swift circle of death ships were sucked both from north and south and the magnetic force of the iron foundations of the reef caught their life in the trammels of sleep and then of death never before had a power that could master these subtle forces enter the sphere of their influence 
steam had broken the seal of this annular exaltation and good fortune had led me to steer our new craft through the only opening left unpiled by the little coral workers a feeble branch of the elliptic current found its way into the quieter waters within and upon this we chanced in our efforts to get clear of the ships of death that swept on in funeral procession so gentle was this current that i had not noticed it before i fell asleep and when i awoke under the stroke of the noon's rays i found that we were drifting rapidly upon a precipitous coast with the swiftness of alarm i wakened my men and sent her spinning astern at full speed as we stood out from the land i could see it was a low island or promontory for the water beyond gleamed across it and far in the distance were the dim outlines of two or three islands that broke the horizon line and like an iceberg rose at a still greater distance the snow-capped peak of some great mountain that seemed companion to the clouds of fleece in the sky behind us lay the wall of mist through which we had broken the eastern curve of the ellipse was too far off to show the slightest fleck of mist above the rim of sky End of chapter 2